Okay, okay. Um, okay, so we, we said that we're going to talk an introduction to the three weeks. Now, I realize that Ba'atam, my whole topic is a stira to the... It's a stira to itself. Because I, I, I announced that I'm going to talk about Tzipis Yeshua. And if I was truly being Metzapel Yeshua, I wouldn't talk about the three weeks. A few days before the three weeks start. So it's Ba'atam, it's a stira Mineo Bay. But we'll, we'll start like this. I, I read a story... Very Gaffin Kamenetsky as follows. I read it. I saw it a few different ways. It's, it's, uh, the family says it's a true story. The details may be not so clear. There was a big push to encourage shopkeepers to keep Shabbos and close their stores on Shabbos. I think it was when Ryakov was living in Toronto. And there was a Rav who would go around and push each storekeeper to close his store and keep it closed on Shabbos. And the pitch that he made is that Chazal uh, say, Klaus will keep Shabbos. You know, So he would go around and he would say, if you keep Shabbos, Mashiach's going to come. And he would get through to, you know, people who were not very religious, but still had something inside of them. And he told them, Mashiach's coming if you keep Shabbos. And he went to Rabbi Yaakov, very proud. And he told Rabbi Yaakov, I've been going up and down the, the streets of the shopkeepers and I've been promising people that if they just keep Shabbos, Mashiach will come. And Rabbi Yaakov told, told him, and this is a, an odd thing to say, Rabbi Yaakov told him, you can tell them in my name that Mashiach's not coming if they keep Shabbos. They should keep Shabbos, but Mashiach's not coming if they keep Shabbos. So the guy, the, the Rav was taken aback. He says, like, uh, you know, that's not how a, how a Jew talks. And Rabbi Yaakov told him, I'll explain myself to you. He says, now they're Mechal Shabbos, but they still have Emunah. They still believe that there's a Rakadish Baruch Hu, there's a Mashiach, things are going to change. Okay, it's a tough situation. They live in a time, they need Parnassah, the Mechal Shabbos. It says, by the time you're done with them and Mashiach doesn't come by the date you predicted for them, they won't be Mechal Shabbos, but they won't have any Yamun anymore. And then they won't be Mechal, then they'll be Mechal Shabbos again. He says, so you'll, you'll have, the whole thing will fall apart. He says, you can go back and tell them in my name that it's not so. Now, what I'm trying to highlight, what I think this story highlights, is that there's an inherent contradiction. There's two, uh, two truths that seem like a steer with each other that need to be explained a little bit. Truth number one, is that a good Jew is supposed to go through Galas through every day being Mitzapal Yeshua, expecting that Mashiach is going to come, believing that Mashiach is going to come, hoping, waiting, davening that Mashiach is going to come. And that's a basic, that's a munach, that's something that we're raised with from the time we're very little, from songs about Mashiach, all the way to every simcha, every speech is always ending off, we, we grew up on that, that's a munach, that's a basic, that's a truth. We understand that as good Jews, we're supposed to be Mitzapal Yeshua. Mitzat Sheni, even someone who doesn't have a very wide-ranging view of history, with a, a little bit of looking through the Deiris, we'll see that any time that Klai Yisrael got too wrapped up and too enraptured in the idea of Mashiach, that Mashiach is coming, in, in, you know, pointing to a specific date, or doing specific actions, or uh, hoping to bring it quicker, almost always, invariably, bad things happen. Whether it starts with the Bnei Ephraim, who tried to leave Mitzrayim too early, whether it starts, whether you want to talk about, you know, Mashiach HaSheker throughout the Deiris, you want to talk about Shabbat Tzvi, up to and including, you know, movements in our times where any time Mashiach becomes too primary a focus, things get out of, things, not good things happen. Now, these are both, these are both truths that, that are clear to us, but they appear to be at face value like things that assessor each other. How could the desire and the obsession almost with Mashiach be so basic to us and at the same time, the risks inherent and the downside of being metaphor for Mashiach too much be so basic to us. I want to explore both of these uh, contradictory ideas and, and try to explain them a little bit. Now, 
Just by way of introduction, the Gemara and Shabbos and Daflamid Aleph says, and this tells us just the high level, the supremacy of Tzipis Yeshua, the extreme importance that waiting for Mashiach has us, the Gemara says, and Shabbos and Daflamid Aleph, it says as follows, at the end of a person's days on this earth, when he goes up to Shemayim, and he goes to the Bezin Shomalo, he says, when they bring him into his din, they ask him a few questions. The first one is, Nasasav Nasata Bemuna, they do, do business honestly. Kavati Itam Latayra, Ravu, and then the fourth question that they ask him, out of six, the Sachakal, six questions that they ask him is, Tipisili Yeshua, were you waiting for Yeshua? Were you waiting for Mashiach? Tipisili Yeshua, meaning, when, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is summing up a life's work, a person's entire, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this earth, and he comes up and he's being faced with the integral questions, question number four is, Tipisili Yeshua. Did you go through life hoping for Mashiach? Were you waiting for Mashiach or not? So we see right off the bat that Chazal certainly viewed the Tzipis of Yeshua, the Chiv, to be waiting for Mashiach, as a very primary and important focus of a Yid in his daily life. We know the Rambam, obviously, the Yud Gimelikrim. The Rambam says, Animamin, I think the 10th or 11th one of the Yud Gimelikrim, is Animamin Ben Munashleim Vyas HaMashiach, Vafvish Yismameim, right? That's the, the Nusach of the Rambam's Animamin. And uh, we, we say it every day, ostensibly, and uh, the Ramam certainly held that someone who doesn't believe in this Iker is an Apikiris. The Ramam writes this, and we'll read it out in a minute. The Ramam writes this, Hadiyah, someone who doesn't believe in this Iker is an Apikiris. So it serves a very primary, primary place, a primary role in, in our, call it, collective consciousness. Now, I think in the last Dar, the, the biggest Metzapel Yeshua the gold standard of a Mitzapel Yeshua was the Chavetz Chaim, right? Everyone knows the Chavetz Chaim had a suitcase, the Chavetz Chaim spoke about Mashiach constantly. So the Chavetz Chaim, in, in the end of one of his svarim, he put out a contrast called Maimur Tzipisel Yeshua, describing the ideas of being Mitzapel Yeshua, what's required of us, what the benefits of Tzipisel Yeshua are. Originally, when the Chavetz Chaim put this out, it was censored. The, the government at the time, the local government who reviewed the svarim, felt that it was like, um, it was kind of revolutionary. Chavetz Chaim was demanding of people to want to leave the state from where they were, is how they read it, and they didn't allow them to print it. It was reprinted ultimately in Eretz Yisrael after the war, and we have it. And it's the Chavetz Chaim actually wrote it, I don't know if he wrote it himself, or he had someone translate it, in Yiddish and in Hebrew, because he wanted it to be widely dispersed. He wanted it to be something that everyone could read. And uh, I'll share a few of the things the Chavetz Chaim discusses over here about the importance of Tzipis Yeshua. So the Chavetz Chaim starts off, and he says... He's talking to parents. He's talking to everyone. This is a question that everyone faces. And he says, it used to be that kids stayed from like their parents. Chavetz Chaim writes, in Deiris, you know, earlier Deiris, if a parent was from, his children were from, there, was no, there wasn't such a high drop-off rate. He says, let's since in our Deiris, we see there's a big drop-off rate. And kids are just, they're not following with our Chavaisam and they're, they're giving up the whole thing. He says, in Listen, this is like right out the gate, he says. Kids go off the derech, he says, you want to know why kids go off the derech? This is the Chavetz Chaim's take. You want to know why kids go off the derech, he says? Because you don't believe in Mashiach enough. He says, and you see over here that the Chavetz Chaim was, was totally, you know, clicked in to, to Saras and Shal Yisrael. I mean, he understood what it meant to be poor, to be hounded, to raise children. Chavetz Chaim's, you know, discussing life as life is with all its difficulties. And Chavetz Chaim writes, he says, he says, being from is very hard. It requires a tremendous amount of sacrifice. We're asking a lot of people, he says. And when a, a parent raises his children, he's asking them, he's teaching them, and the child sees 
that kilu, there's no silver lining, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's just stam to be fashmatet and to be beaten down and to be abused like a Yidin Golos is. Then a child will say, Ech, like, like, Mali what do I need this for? I could go be better off. He says, and it'll be in baby steps. First he'll say, I'll still be from, of course, but what do I have to live like this, mamish, like, like in the ghetto? I'll go a little bit and then before you know it, it's all the way, it, 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 it's all gone, he says. But if a parent raises his child with the silver lining of Tepisali Yeshua, with the idea that Klal Yisrael is the Amman Nivchar, and that even though we're in Galos, Hashem didn't leave us, and there's going to be an end, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, there's a silver lining, there's an end to the saga, there's an end to the story, then it's much easier to give that over to the, to the children, to, to perpetuate it for the next dark. Now, far be it for me to say, if this is the only reason why kids go off the derech, or this is the reason why kids go off the derech, but Gavon and Chavetz Chaim is addressing what he considers a very poignant and a very applicable thing to an average person, to a parent, and he says like, you want to know how to, how to have continuity and how to continue and how to give it over? You have to be Mitzapal Yeshua. You have to believe that our current, the way we currently are and the way we currently live is not forever. This is not our destiny. This is not how we're supposed to be. And, and uh, he continues and he says, then he, he has a very interesting idea that Chavaz Chaim says. He says, if you look at Chazals, and this is something that, that uh, had vexed everyone throughout the days. If you look at Chazals, about Mashiach, it's replete with steers. Meaning, if you try to take, make a compilation, go through every Gemara in, in Sanhedrin, and Sanhedrin is the bulk, but go elsewhere, and try to make a compilation of all the Gemaras that describe Yemesa Mashiach, or describe the lead up, or the predictions, or how it's going to be, you're going to be left with your head spinning, not one thing claps with the second thing, you don't know. So the Chavit Chaim says, that, and he starts off with one primary steer. He says, L'chaira, the way Chazal talk always, Klaishul has to do tshuva. Klaishul has to be, we were kicked out, we were sent into Galos because we were unworthy, because we were unholy, right? The fix for that is, we do tshuva, we become better. And then we're worthy of being, of being close to HaKadosh Baruch and we have a geula. He says, Mitzacheni, find Gemaras. The Gemara clearly describes, says, Mashiach's not going to come until the dar is mamish going to be the worst. Till chutzpah yasker, till yirvunar bezakim, till mamish averis, you know, lists and lists of Gemaras. He says, so, so which one is it? Is it... Is it Klai Yisrael will be terrible and then they get Mashiach? Or is it Klai Yisrael will be amazing and then they get Mashiach? And this is just one of the many steers that could be highlighted. It says the Chavetz Chaim, Hanira, the most kipshute, he says, he says, he knows that there are other truths to this question. See, what's most simple to me, he says, what I think is the most simple tarot to this question is, Klai Yisrael needs both. It's comprised of both. There's going to be the small cadre of Shemri Torah, the people who are elite, who stay getrayit, all throughout, no matter what, and they're never going to be more than 10, 15, 20% of, of, of the whole Kala Yisrael. Those are going to be the vanguard, the few who stay true and honest, Akadosh Baruch Hu says. And also, to bring Mashiach, you need the rest. You need the ones who are not, who are mamish in the worst situation, who are sliding, who are constantly getting worse. You need that too. So says the Chavetz Chaim, if that's true, if my pshat is true, that the answer to the steer is that you need both, says there is no more opportune time for Mashiach to come than now, is what the Chavetz Chaim says. And that's obviously true of Ardar as well. He says... If you see a dar that, that doesn't, that's not comprised of all these elements, I don't know, be confused. It, it doesn't stem. It's not this, it's not that. So which chazal, which one is the machria, which one do we, is, is it going to be? It says you have a dar that has all of them. It has all the steers. So then there's no steer. Every component is going to be contributing to bring Mashiach together. Is, and the Chavetz Chaim continues on this vein and, and, and he says, you know, his time, he, he addresses the famous question of how could we possibly be better than the dars that came before us, you know. Then he goes and he collects all the chazals about being mechoyev to believe in Mashiach and all the chazals that describe Mashiach coming 
and etc. And famously, I think what's famous from this country is he ends off and he says that since we're anticipating Mashiach to be coming right around the corner, it's, it's coming sooner, shortly. So he says that uh, it's mechoyiv uh, on every Tamil Chacham to learn Kachim and Tyrus so that they could be prepared. There's going to be a plethora of Shilas that are going to come. People are going to have so many questions and every Tamil Chacham has to know something about Kachim and Tyrus so he can be prepared. Now, that's this contrast from the Chavetz Chaim Yeshua about the Indian. Now, the Chavetz Chaim is, is, is placing the idea of Tzipisali Yeshua, the idea of waiting for Mashiach to come, as like a primary thing that every parent has to give over to his child, a primary thing that every, every Jew has to be phenomenal with, to be busy with. Now, this Chashivas is, is, I guess, mostly expressed properly in the Rambam, right? The Rambam says, in, in many places, the Rambam appears in Mishnayis, first in the beginning in the Akdamat, the Parakhelik and Sanhedrin, is where he compiles his list of Yud Gimelikram. And in there, he places, you know, Amun and Bias and Mashiach as one of the Yud Gimelikram. The Rambam in, in Hilchas Malachim, the Rambam says, Anyone who doesn't believe in Mashiach or isn't being Mechaka for him to come, not only is he being Kaifer in all the rest of the Nevi'im, he's being Kaifer in the entire Torah in Meish Rabbeinu. As I said, the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva, in his list of Elu She'enlem, Chelik Le'elem Haba, the Rambam in his list, one of them is from Bebiyas HaGoyel, someone who doesn't believe Mashiach is coming. So the Rambam elevates the idea of Bias HaMashiach to be, of Tzibis Elishu and believing in Bias HaMashiach to be one of the Ikra Hadas, someone who doesn't believe in it is, is, uh, is considered a Kaifer. Now, just to share on this Rambam, there's a, a famous Briskarov. Briskarov had a question. He says, if you look at all the Nusach of all the other Yud Gimelikram, all the Animamans, you look, there are no questions and answers in the Yud Gimelikram. They're declarations of faith, right? Each one's a declaration. It says, Ani Mamen, X, Y, and Z. There's no questions and answers. It says, read the Ani Mamen of Mashiach now. Ani Mamen Be'munah Shleim, Be'viyas HaMashiach, Kama, L'chayra, Ba'afal Bishi Yismameya, question mark. Ay, it's taking too long. Im Kozeh HaChakalai, period. Right, that's what it would seem the, the way to read the, the Ani Mamen is. Like, it's a question and answers. It's very out of character for there to be a question answer in the Yud Gimelikram. That's, the, the, that's not how the Rambam was writing Yud Gimelikram. Says the Briskarov, and this is a famous Briskarov, the Briskarov says that, uh, that there's two mitzvahs that the Rambam is, is counting out. That it exists. That is a Mashiach, that he's coming. Is that even though it feels unlikely, and meaning, I believe Mashiach is coming, a Yid could say, I believe Mashiach will come one day, but today, he ain't coming today. I believe he's coming, but it's not anytime soon. Because look, look what's going on, it's not anytime soon. Says the Rambam, no, even though it seems unlikely, there's a din, there's a mitzvah, you have to believe he could come today. So the Biskarov said this over in a speech in, Yush, in, in, in Yerushalayim, and someone came over to him afterwards and asked him, that there's Mephorashi Gemaris. The Gemara in Erevin says that Eliyahu and Avi has to come before Mashiach, and that's why Mashiach can't come on Shabbos, because Eliyahu can't come down Tchumen, and it's not going to be possible. There's more Gemaras that say different times Mashiach can come. There's a Machlekes of the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. Mashiach comes Dafka and Nisan. It says there's Kama Gemaras, to which the Briskarav retorted, when he comes, you'll ask him. Had a Shtim, these Gemaras, that, that don't Shtim with this, with this Chiv, to believe that he could come. So the, the, then the guy asked him, I, in the Rambam and Perak Chelek, in the Rambam Yad HaChazak, he doesn't say this. He doesn't say you have to believe this. To which Briskarav told him, Klai Yisrael Paskins like the Siddur. Which is an interesting idea. Klai Yisrael Paskins like the Siddur. From the Siddur it says, that you have to believe it's likely it's going to happen, and you have to believe it's likely it's going to happen. Now, I want to move on to the, to, to, to the next Nakuda. Let's just, let's just do it like this. The Chumsefer in a tshuva, in Yeridea, in Chelik Vav, Simon Pei Vav. The Chumsefer says as follows. 
So let's just, let's just do it like this. Where does the, we, we know, we said as, we, we assumed it as a fact, that, that pushing or waiting or harping on the Geula and on Mashiach too much tends to lead to, to you know, negative outcomes. Now, so let's just talk about the Chazal that discusses this. So the Gemara in Ksubis in Kofi Aleph, Amar Aleph, says the famous Gemara about Shalish Shavuos, right? This is the cornerstone of, of anti-Zionist ideology, of Satmar anti-Zionist ideology. And the Gemara it says three Shavuos, it says Shalish Shavuos. And one of them is, so here's a list. Shalei Yigalu Asaketz, Shalei Yirchaku Asaketz, now, Rashi brings another gear. So it says Rashi, Yesh Garsim, Yidchaku. Don't push the kates. Lashen Doichik. Says Rashi, Shalayarbu Bitachnun Malkach Yosemidai. Don't daven for it too much. That's Rashi says, Shalayarbu Bitachnun Malkach Yosemidai. You can't be busy davening for the ghoul of the whole day. Now, the question is if, if you look at literally a cursory glance through Shman Esrei or through Tvila, you'll see we literally daven for the ghoul of the entire day. Three times a day, we revisit it multiple times a day. You know, Ishban Esri is full of Sechazena and Ritzei and Ashiva Shevtenu, and we say it again and again and again with davening for the Gula to come. So, the real question is what's Yosemri Dai? Rashi says this language of Yosemri Dai. It sounds like there's, a, there's an okay amount, Meg's daven, and you could daven, you could even be Mishanen. You could daven a lot, but what's Yosemri Dai? So, the Chsam Sefer in Nechelik Vav and Chuva Pei Vav, the Chsam Sefer says as follows. He says, nearly, you're allowed to daven, you're mechoyiv to daven, you're supposed to daven, you have to be mitzapah. He says, what's yoysimidai? Yoysimidai, he says, is to use Kabbalah and Shemus to force Mashiach to come. To try to do, you know, Kabbalistic tziruf uh, Shemus and different things. He says, kemoy maisa the Rabbi Yosef de Lorena. That's what he references. Now, so what is this maisa the Yosef de Lorena? Let's, just, let's talk about that. So, the maisa, so I printed it out, I brought it here, and here it is. Maisa Nair the Rabbi Yosef de Lorena. It's about 20 pages long. It's uh, fantastic, off the charts, with like the details. Um, so it's, a, it's officially was, uh, it was published by someone named Shleiman Nemirov, who said that he found it in an old book in Sfas. He published it in the early 1600s. Originally, it's dated to have, been, to have transpired in the late 1400s, is when it's dated to have transpired. It's, it's brought down in probably, I'm going to say, 50, 60 Svarim throughout the Deirus quote the story, always negatively, never positively. It was published, I think, like, I looked it up in, in an article, it was published like uh, 45 times in, in Lashen Kodesh, many times in Spanish, Ladino, uh, never in English, I don't think. Someone, that could be your calling. It's a great novel. Um, the story is that there was a, a person, a Mokobo, we know nothing about him, uh, other than the story, really. His name is Ariasif de Lorena. He lived in Tzvas in the late 1400s. And he became consumed with the idea that he had to bring Mashiach, he had to force Mashiach to come. Now the methodology that he chose to go about this was he was going to use different Sirufe Shemus and different uh, Kabbalistic incantations to force Mashiach to come. So it says he gathered together five of his closest Talmidim who he held were like on the highest level to join with him. And they began to do a whole Sidra of fasts and Tfilas and etc. to prepare themselves to do the Shemus, to say the Shemus and to engage and the different Kabbalistic rituals to force Mashiach to come. He says now, so they, first they went to Miron, then they went to Tzvas, then they went to Tveria, they davened at this caver, at that caver. Finally, when they arrived at Miron after fasting for many days and davening, he, Rabbi Yosef de Lorena, had an apparition where Rabbi Shimon Yichai appeared to him, and he told him, uh, what you're doing is, is it's not Negea. You can't, you can't force Mashiach to come. It's not good. 
But Sarasi Tlarina replied, but I, I really want, I, you know, I'm Rayyab, it's a Rasan Yisrael, and I want, I need, not I want, I need Mashiach to come. We need Mashiach to come. To which he records, Rishim and Yichai told him, okay, listen, I, I don't think it's doable, but if you get it done, it would be a great thing. So, okay, that he took as, as a green light, as Chizik, and he went weiter. He begins fasting for longer periods of times, and the different sigufim, different setting themselves aside, until he finally is able to summon Eliyahu Navi. He summons Eliyahu Navi and he says, No, it's time. Tell me who Mashiach is, bring Mashiach, let, let's get the ball started over here. Let's get the ball rolling. Eliyahu Navi tells, tells him, No, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm the Mavasar, that's my job to Mavasar, but this goes way above my head. What's blocking Mashiach is something that's way out of my, way out of my league. There's different, uh, you know, Malachim and Srafim, and, and you have to talk to them. I can't, I can't even help you. So, again, Eliyahu Navi tells him, Not a good idea what you're doing. Bad idea, it's not going to work. To which he replies, but, but I need to. To which again, he records, Eliyahu tells him, okay, if you get it done, it would be wonderful, but, but I don't think it's going to work for you. Okay, so what should I do? He says, Eliyahu tells him, if you want to be able to meet, and I should have written this down, the name, I think a Sandalfin is the first Malach that he's going to meet. You want to be able to meet Sandalfin and Malach, you better prepare yourself, because when you see him, you're going to pass out. You're going to lose all ability to think, to speak. You're not, you're not you better really, really, really fast and daven. He says they spent 40 days until they come out died from fasting and davening to be able to meet Sandalfin until finally Sandalfin appears in front of them and Sandalfin is furious. How dare you? I should kill you right now. How dare you summon me? And he remembers that Eliyahu told him that he'll be too fearful to speak and he gathers himself up and he says, please, I'm asking Roshos to just to express my bakasha. We're trying. We need, we need Mashiach. And Sandalfin tells him the same. It should be familiar right now. This is way above my head. This is not something that I could do for you. You want it? I'm telling you, it's not going to work. You can't. You probably can't do it. But I really, I want, if you really want to, it would be a great thing if you could get it done, but I don't think you're going to get it done. He says, okay, but what's my next step? Who, who am I heading to next? So he tells him, you have to go meet, um, who's the next one? Akasriel. That's who you have to go meet. And for him, if you thought you prepared for me, that's nothing. When you meet him, it's, it's you know, PLF on this. You better prepare yourself again. And, it's, it's 20 pages of it. I'm saying, I'm, I'm making it short, not long, of, of fasts and, and sigufim and etc., etc., until they meet the Malach HaKasriel, who again is very displeased, would like to kill them, doesn't, says you're not going to accomplish it, and gives them traveling instructions to go further. Tells them as follows, that the Sitra Acher, the Satan, Kaviachal, is the one who's blocking Mashiach to come. That's his job. He blocks Mashiach. If you want, I'll tell you where to find him. And it's a whole travel through mountains and valleys and caves and deserts. He describes an, an intense, orderous, you know, orderous tri- travel that he does to be able to track down the, the Satan. And he meets the Satan who will appear to you in the dmus of a big black dog. And he'll be there together with the feminine embodiment of the Satan, of the Satan Lilith. And there'll be two dogs. And what you need to do is take a tas shalzav, like a, a golden uh, tas that has the shame Hashem Yud Kevavke written on it and put it as a dog collar over them and then they'll be subdued. He says, but make sure, make sure one thing, if they ask you for food and drink, do not give them. Any food and drink that you give them, they could use that uh, to, to turn the tables and you'll be done, you'll be out of business. Okay, he goes, he describes the travel, he describes almost dying, he describes how one of the Talmidim got caught in a, in a, like a, a fence, you know, a barrier uh, a Kedusha barrier and his leg was caught on the outside his body was the inside and he had to daven and pry it apart to pull his leg back in between level to level and it's extreme it's, it's an intense travel that he does to get there and uh, 
when he gets there, he sees these dogs, and uh, you know, here, here, puppy, and he gives them the 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 tassel He puts on the dog collar, and they're subdued. And immediately they start begging. We're starving. We're thirsty. We need, please, please, give us something to eat. We'll come with you. We don't mind. We'll come with you. We'll do what you say. But we need something to eat. He says, No, absolutely not. No food. No nothing. Eventually, he's tired. This has been a long, you know, trip for him. He takes out his uh, pipe to have a little smoke on the way taking the Satan and Lilas back to where he needs them to force Mashiach to come. He takes out a smoke and the Satan asks him, okay, if you can't give me food and drink, could I have a smoke? Give me, give me a cigarette. And he says, yeah, I wasn't instructed not to give him. He gives the Satan a puff on the pipe and instantly the task flies off and the Satan turns into a raging monster and, and, the, and he says, now, not only are you not bringing Mashiach, it's as if you were makriv k'tayrus l'avede zara by me smoking it and, and instantly he kills two of the Talmidim and the other two Tal- Talmidim uh, uh, lose their mind and slunk back into Tzvas a few months later. Rabbi Yosef de himself uh, goes off the Darach, becomes fry and leaves and the signer on this uh, 20-page story is the Talmud HaChamishi. I am the fifth Talmud, a broken man who witnessed all this and feel that my achrayas to give it over to you says the Talmud HaChamishi. So this is a, uh, you know, an epic tale written by the Talmud HaChamishi. Now, the Chesim Seifer said about this story that someone who believes it is not a fool. He says, you could believe that, that this could have happened or happened. He says, someone who doesn't believe it is not an apicurus. This is what the, the Chesim Seifer said about this tale. So I leave that... No, no, no. So, so I leave this, I leave this, t- no, it's, tr- it's no, no, that would be such a little message to take out of it. It's supposed to convey something so much more important. It's supposed to convey that taking it too far in the hunt to search for Mashiach and to chase it down and to force it to come leads to disastrous outcomes. And that's the, the cautionary tale. That's the reason that he's publishing the story. And that's what the Chassam Seifer quotes when the Chassam Seifer says, um, you know, when Rashi says, What's Yosemidai? Yosemidai means this tefillah and this tefillah. You could daven, you could ask. You could ask, you could daven for Takas Baruch, the Mashiach Shekham. But when you do tefillah, that's Yosemidai, meaning this type of tefillah, that leads to disastrous outcomes. He quotes the story. Now, there's a, like to highlight this Nakuda, there's a, Rabbi Yaakov Meshachalak was a big Talmud of Rav Kook, uh, one of the, you know, really Yushalayim family, it's a big Talmud of Kook. He was actually the Rav of Rechavya. You know, I don't know, until he died, maybe the 60s. So after World War II, he once went in to meet the Briskarov, and he told the Briskarov, like, the war happened, so much bad has befallen us. Chazal say, Tzadik Geyser, HaKadosh Baruch So just be Geyser and bring Mashiach. Just do it. To which Briskarov told him, uh, it's not our job, it's our job to listen to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us. It's not our job to tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu what to do. This is what the Briskarov told him. Now, what I, what I think the Briskarov was saying, and what legs in there is, is that the Amunah and Mashiach is not supposed to interfere with any of our day-to-day, with any of your achrayas, your chiyuvim, your halachayil chaziyid. Of course, a yid is supposed to go through his, his existence and his galus, hoping, begging, praying for Mashiach. That's a, an integral part of our experience and our hopes and our, and our dreams. At the same time, we're tasked with life as a yid and whatever's included in that. And you're not allowed to allow the tzipisili Yeshua, the future, the hoping for the future, to interfere with that. You can't allow that to take your focus away from living, practicing as a Yid, and be focused on that, or allow it to change, you know, 
different norms for you or whatever. That, that's what the, what the Briskarov is saying over here in this, in this, uh, in this line, to Rekhamesh Chalap. You can't allow it to change anything about the halach that you're supposed to do going into it. Now, now um, there's much more to say in this. I'm going to just wrap it up quickly with the last detail and we'll, we'll move on. But the, the Rambam, just to, to bring this to again, the Rambam in Igeris Taman, he writes the community that's faced with the Mashiach HaShaker. And it's, it's a long piece, the Rambam, worthy of discussing on its own. But in there he says there's a group that says, even though it's terrible for us over here and we're mamish being threatened, we, we won't leave. We'll just stay here because Mashiach's around the corner. They were the believers. They said, Mashiach's around the corner. I have to run from Taman. Mashiach will be here tomorrow. What am I running for? He'll be here in a week. I'll stay till he comes and everything will be better. To which the Rambam tells them that no. And the Rambam, keep in mind, this is the same Rambam who said that someone who's not maimin and be a Mashiach is an apikaris. And someone who says, you know, the Rambam believes you have to believe he can come tomorrow. Says the Rambam, it doesn't matter. You got to live your life like he's not coming. You can't tell me, excuse your behavior, I'm going to stay in a place where I can't be from because Mashiach's from right around the corner. What's the He'll be here tomorrow. Everything will be better. Says there's no, Mashiach is, is an idea that you have to believe for and hope for and wish for, but in practicality, you have to live as if he's not coming. So it's like this, this constant stira between these two ideas of like living like he's not coming because if you live like he's coming tomorrow, you lose focus of how you're supposed to live today and living like he's coming because if you don't think he's coming, then you lose focus of how to live as a yid. So it's like a constant tug of war of these two concepts, these two stirs with each other that together is the, is the amuna. Now, I wanted to, there's a whole nother, I'm not going to get to it, but there's a whole nother saga that Minchas Elazar made a trip to Eretz Yisrael also had a creative way of trying to bring Mashiach, but uh, we'll have to leave. That'll be for a different time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're going to have, uh, Rabdov is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to give a share on...